It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, of course, presented by DraftKings. I'm Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. I think you know that. Five teams, seven years. Awesome temp job in my 20s. Speaking of awesome, love all these different media gigs I have. I'll be calling Raiders Chiefs on Saturday for Westwood One, which is always a ton of fun calling games on the radio. Also have so many cool podcasts, even money podcast. We have crushed it this year. I'm assuming if you like betting that you listen to that show, even if you don't, even if you're just into fantasy, I think you could learn stuff about fantasy and betting by listening or watching to the Even Money podcast, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL. Whatever social platform you're on, please check us out, either at Ross Tucker Pod or at Ross Tucker NFL. If TikTok's your thing or Facebook's your thing or Instagram or Twitter, whatever your thing is, because everybody has at least one thing, we are there. Please follow so you can at least see the highlight clips of the other shows. The star of this show is Joe Dolan. I'm a huge fan of Joe's at FG underscore Dolan. He is the fantasy gangster. He will be taking Nick Singleton very high in his fantasy draft two years from now when Singleton comes in the NFL. I really like Katron Allen, by the way, Ross. What's that? Katron Allen looks like a a more prototypical NFL back to me, quite frankly. That's interesting. I love, I love, I, I think both of them are fantastic. That's a take. Um, 22 feast is the code you can use at fantasypoints.com. Again, fantasypoints.com. Use the code 22 feast. That is the key to get a discount on their information. Now, and this time of year, Joe, like this week in the playoffs, like this is DFS time, right? I mean, this is when people really start to dive into the the DFS stuff that are more season-long folks during the season. Yeah, it is um, for sure, Ross. Um, and um, I think I should probably um, address the awful situation first and foremost with uh, DeMar Hamlin of the uh, of the Buffalo Bills. Um, look, it, obviously the thing that matters the most is that that young man gets healthy and can live his life. Um, football comes second. Um, as, as was evidenced, the NFL clearly made the correct call with the game. Um, the teams, the NFL, whoever decided it clearly made the correct call at the game. Um, and obviously a, uh, a piece of collateral from that is it, it, it affects our fantasy game. And people have asked me, you know, what are you doing? Um, and the, the first thing I have to say is I don't know, um, because I was, I was, I was so shook on Monday night, as I think many of us were, that I, I flat out went to our subscriber Discord and I said, "Hey guys, we're not going to post any content tomorrow. Like the week isn't over. Uh, like none of us were in the mood to be like, hey, you know, let's let's get excited for Week 18. I don't think any of us were like that. But at, at some point, I know that there were some of you who have a lot of money on the line, and and some of sometimes the money in these situations is a really nice Christmas bonus, a really nice New Year's bonus. So 
there are certainly things that can happen. First and foremost, I'm not making a definitive call in any of my leagues until the league makes a definitive call on what's going to happen with Bengals and Bills. And Ross, from talking to people, which I know you have, do you think there's a likely outcome here? I think the likeliest mm-hmm. would be that the game is the the, the Bills Bengals game is a no contest. So, in, in other words, opinion. it doesn't exist. Never happened. Okay. Um, yep. So I think a- the only other possibility is like a week nineteen. They push all the playoffs back by a week, mm-hmm. and they play the Bills Bengals week nineteen. On One thing I think is interesting Island. about that is they theoretically don't really need to decide that, right? Like they could see, they could just do play week 18 as scheduled yeah, and not make any announcement about the week 17 game that was missed and not make any announcement about week 19, see how things unfold and see if there's even a reason to play that game at that point. So there, there's a, the FFPC, uh, which is a high stakes uh, fantasy league uh, uh, operator, um, has basically said, unfortunately, you're getting zeros from that game. It's in their it's in their terms of service. They're going to hand out prizes as if that game didn't exist. Um, that's their prerogative to do so. If I'm a commissioner of a league, I'm in a matchup in in our dynasty league with Scott Barrett and uh, for a championship, and it was close. I mean, it was I I was up five, and I have Gabe Davis, and he has Stephon Diggs. I mean, if Gabe Davis scores a touchdown, I probably win. If, if he doesn't, Scott probably wins. So we are negotiating. I think what we're going to do is maybe declare our matchup a no contest and split the prize. Um, if, if you're a commissioner and one team's up by a bunch and the other team has Gabe Davis, I think it's fair that you can maybe say, all right, this guy was going to win anyway. That you, there's no perfect scenario here, unfortunately. Um, but when something like that happens to a young man like Demar Hamlin, there is going to be no perfect solution. So I think uh, I think what you can do is talk to the participants um, and, and try to try to reason with them and say, "Look, this is what was going to happen, or this was a 50-50 matchup. You're both league winners." you split the prize. I mean, there's, there's nothing perfect about this. Um, I'm going to go through, I'm going to look at things uh, in in the leagues that I'm a commissioner. As a matter of fact, the, some of the other leagues I'm a commissioner in, I haven't even looked at, you know, the week 18 because I was the week 17 scenario, because I was quite frankly, so shook, but I mean, Ross, that that's what, that's what we've got to do in a really unfortunate circumstance like this. Yeah. The one thing I would just add to that is I, I know this is pretty, uh, I would think that this is obvious, but we know fantasy football is not that big a deal in the big scheme of things, like Joe pointed out. And so if you're not in the mood yet to be consuming fantasy content, then don't. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the beauty of podcasts or YouTube. It's on demand. So if you want to consume, if you want Joe's opinions on fantasy stuff today, then listen. If you don't want to, if you're not feeling that till Thursday or Friday or Saturday, then that's fine too. Um, but for those of you that would welcome a distraction, that's kind of what we do. That's kind of what these things are. So we'll dive into it. Week 18, Joe. Um, look, I want you to break it down like you normally do, but 
you're not saying start him. You're saying, hey, he'd be pretty good to be in your DFS lineup, um, yeah. which I think is a little bit different. What about the game I'm calling, Joe? It's uh, Chiefs-Raiders Saturday at 4.30. So uh, here's one thing um, that we can do, and we can talk about this from a motivation standpoint, and I think that's the right way to approach this. Talk about it from, is this team playing for something? Um, Is this team um, not playing for something? Are there injuries? What not? Like, that's what we can do. So... Let's start with uh, the Chiefs and the Raiders. In this game, uh, Kansas City is obviously playing for the number one seed in the AFC. They are seven and a half point favorites. They are playing everybody full go. We've got a total in this game of 52 and a half. It's the highest over under total on the slate. Ross, you get to call the fantasy game of the week. And then all of a sudden, the Raiders had some serious life with Jarrett Stidham under center uh, in that game. So, the Raiders here are probably playing spoiler, and and Josh McDaniels. I guess you can make the argument, um, not that uh, not that uh, Mark Davis wants to pay another coach to to not coach his team, um, but you can make the argument that Josh McDaniels is coaching for his job. He might have made a really good in, impact in that decision by choosing to start Jared Stidham last week, and Jared Stidham steps up and plays as well as he did. But for the Raiders with this total, you know, you're you're looking at Josh Jacobs. Devontae Adams, the guys we've been counting on all year. Darren Waller has come alive uh, here uh, of, of late. Hunter Renfro. So all of these guys on your two-game Saturday slate are in play much more than I would have thought they would be with Jared Stidham at quarterback. Meanwhile, the Chiefs are the Kansas City Chiefs. They're seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Jarek McKinnon's been outstanding out of the backfield. Um, their receivers, though, despite Patrick Mahomes putting up numbers, they really don't have receivers you can count on. Their leading receiver against the uh, the Broncos was Kadarius Toney. Juju Smith-Schuster, it seems, catches either nine passes or one in a game. Um, he's been difficult to trust. So, really, um, McKinnon, Pacheco got a rushing touchdown. And if you're playing this slate, just see what kind of receivers fit into your lineup. Maybe you're like, you know what? I'm going to put Sky Moore in there because you know, nobody's going to play him for DFS. So, Kansas City's playing full bore, but the thing about Kansas City is full bore for them has really mean meant two guys have been reliable all year, Mahomes and Kelsey. And recently, Jarek McKinnon's been thrown into that mix as well. How about Titans-Jaguars, Joe? Oh, boy. Uh, so I thought it was pretty obvious. I, I tweeted it out when, uh, when it happened that the fact that the Titans were starting Josh Dobbs um, on Thursday night last week, I thought was a terrible sign for Malik Willis at the time. I said, there's no way, like, like, oh, the, the, a lot of people are like, oh, they're resting Willis. I was like, BS. No way. Because, like, if, if anything, Malik Willis needs to play more. I said, they're starting Josh Dobbs to get him reps because they think, they think he's their better shot to win the division. And that's exactly what happened. And he played pretty well. I mean, um, at least better than Willis was playing. Uh, unfortunately, the Titans, we know, not exactly the most uh, – not exactly the team that's going to, to to light up the scoreboard the most. Let's put it that way. But Traylon Burks – Bunch of receiver to... drops, by the way. I mean, Dobbs could have had a really big night. Yeah. There were, lot, there were a lot of drops. Exactly. Traylon Burks had eight targets in that game. Obviously, Derrick Henry's going to play. They rested him for, for obvious reasons. Um, and here – flipping on over to Jacksonville, again, this is a game where both teams are playing for everything. 
Jacksonville still has a shot, by the way, to make the playoffs, uh, even without winning this game. They need three things to happen uh, in in week 17 for them to, for, in week 18, rather, for them to make the playoffs. Um, I believe the Dolphins need to lose to the Jets. The Patriots need to lose to the Bills. And the Steelers need to lose to the Browns, all of which are feasible. If those three things happen and the Jaguars lose, the Jaguars are still in the playoffs. But they control their own destiny, and this game's on Saturday night. They're going to play everybody. probably one of the reasons why they did it, because they didn't want the Jags to go out there Sunday night and have already clinched. Correct. So um, so the Jags are going to play everybody. This is not a game to be worried about for fantasy. Uh, pass funnel defense, we know, for Tennessee. So after a, after a weak game last week, obviously Trevor Lawrence got pulled for your guys, Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, back in the saddle this week for Jacksonville. Bucks, Falcons, as we get to the Sunday slate, Last I checked, Bowles says he's playing his guys. Nobody seems to believe him. I can almost guarantee you Arthur Smith full bore ahead with all his young rookie yep. skill guys to see what they can do. Yeah, Desmond Ritter is going to play um, uh, for sure. And he's been, you know, I thought he's he showed up uh, in the last couple of weeks. Here's how an easy way to tell this week if, um, if you're just guessing, ooh, could that team rest starters? Go look at the betting spreads. And if the betting spread looks off to you, there could be some chicanery going on with the starters. Now, I know Tampa Bay has not been what we expected this year. But Tampa Bay would not be a four-point underdog in a normal game against the Atlanta Falcons. That says, if Tom Brady, who says he wants to play, by the way, but that says if Tom Brady plays, he's going to get pulled at some point. So I can't trust anybody on the Buccaneers. The hero, Blaine Gabbert. I think he's going to get some run in this game, um, some of their young receivers. But Atlanta, your, your Drake London, Tyler Algier, who's who's trying to convince a team, hey, you don't need to draft a running back on day two next year. And we've seen this before. Think, think back to Michael Carter last season. Oh, he's coming off a great rookie season. Uh, 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 they tanked his value with Brees Hall. So day three running backs, even if they have an impressive rookie season, can be blown up in free agency or the draft. Tyler Algier is going to have motivation to say, no, you don't need to draft a running back. I'm your guy. Drake London, carry him into 2023 looking good. Desmond Ritter, hey, I'm your guy. I'm the starting quarterback. You don't need another quarterback on this team. So all the Falcons, those guys are going to be motivated. The Bucs have a lot of injuries on defense. I would expect a lot of those guys to be inactive in this game. Next game up, Joe, it is the Patriots and the Bills. Bills, one way or the other, are going to be motivated to win the game um, because, well, I don't know. They might know by then. They might know by then what the result is of their game against the Bengals. And if the Chiefs win, maybe the Bills don't play their guys. So if the Chiefs Chiefs win, and let's just say Bills-Bengals is declared a, a, a tie, then the Chiefs are the number one seed. If the Chiefs lose, then the Bills need to win uh, against New England. So you're right. There, there might not we might not know for sure here. Um, so quite frankly, Ross, I'm going to have to throw up my arms and say I'm not sure. But I can tell you what the betting spread is. I can tell you that um, at one point the the line was was seven. As a matter of fact, though, I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook right now, and this game's off the board. 
So they're really not sure what to do with this game. And if and if Vegas isn't sure what to do with this game, quite frankly, I can't be sure what to do with this game. I do know the Patriots will be playing. That I do know. I do know the Patriots are playing for their playoff lives. So that, um, that I can tell you uh, is going to be a motivation for them. But this game, not on the board right now um, because we don't really know uh, what the situation is for Buffalo. Next game on the docket is the Vikings at the Bears. There's some debate whether or not Justin Fields will play for people that are thinking Fields going to run to break the re- Lamar Jackson's record and maybe want to get him on DraftKings. Maybe not, Joe. Yeah, and uh, he might play for – and that. So, so sometimes these things aren't cut and dry, right? Um, oh, they're going to play the starters, but they'll play him for a half. Oh, Justin Fields is going to play, but he's going to play for a quarter. Those things could be the case here. This is a, a situation where both teams, the situation is murky. And if you're looking at if you're looking at the betting spread in this game, Minnesota's a five and a half point favorite. I saw that earlier this week. It was in the one point range. Like, so pe- money is coming in on Minnesota. So maybe people are thinking Minnesota, which is almost certainly locked into the number three seed and a matchup with the Giants. That is almost certain. Here's what would have to happen for Minnesota to move up. The 49ers would have to lose to the Cardinals. The 49ers are 14-point favorites. So it would have to be a really lowest of the low-end outcome for them. But here is the thing about Minnesota. This isn't like, oh, you know, we just had a hard-fought game with Green Bay. We lost. But no, Minnesota was atrocious in that game. And you would have to think for at least a couple of series, they're going to want Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, and those guys to get that awful taste out of their mouths. So their expectation here is – the Vikings will probably play their guys for at least a little bit. Meanwhile, Chicago, from an organizational standpoint, we know Matt Eberflus is not losing his job. We know Ryan Poles is not losing his job. Those guys came in to fix a disaster. What would be the best thing for that disaster? The number one overall pick in the draft. They still have a shot to get it. If they lose this game and the Texans win their game, a very winnable game, by the way, then the, the Bears get the number one overall pick. And I far be it for me to, to decide what they're going to do with that. My guess would be they would trade it to somebody who wants a Bryce Young. Um, maybe they evaluate Bryce Young and say, we're going to trade Justin Fields. I don't know what would happen, but they're going to get a haul for some way or another for one of those assets if they get the number one pick. And Chicago needs talent right now. That's what matters for the Bears. Uh, they don't have a whole lot of motivation to win this game. Agreed. Um, we got the Texans, Joe, at the Colts. Speaking of motivation to win games. <laughs> Nobody's got a motivation to win this game. Sam Ellinger starting at quarterback. Oh, no, Sam Ellinger does. Jeff oh, Saturday does. The yes, Colts they do. do. Uh, the Saturday's- Texans, I think I think Lovey Smith will definitely get fired if they win this game. Yeah, I mean, and so that that's the irony here, right? You've got Sam Ellinger and Davis Mills, two guys who are like, I'm playing my ass off in this game, and two organizations who almost certainly have the reason to lose this game. Now, here's the other part of that. I think Jeff Saturday's losing his job. Lovey Smith is probably up in the air. What about the general managers? I mean, I, I wouldn't be comfortable sitting here telling you that Chris Ballard and Nick Casario are going to be back there next year. So it's one of those weird games where both teams are atrocious. Both teams have every incentive to lose this game. Um, 
The Colts, by the way, are two and a half point favorites um, with Sam Ellinger, a quarterback, which tells you what the markets think of the Houston Texans right now. Um, this is not a game I'm very interested in for fantasy. Let's put it that way. Zach Moss, I think, is going to get carries in this game. Um, Houston's backfield has been useless since Damian Pierce went out. I mean, Houston, Brandon Cooks, I guess his motivation is I want to put good tape out there so somebody trades for me this offseason. But this is not a game I'm terribly interested in, Ross, to, to be quite frank with you. What about the Jets? Mike White looked bad last mm-hmm. week against the Dolphins, who just signed Mike Glennon. Super Bowl was coming. The, the the quarterback situation is obviously the big question here for um, Miami. And the betting spread tells you that Vegas doesn't think Tua or Teddy are playing in this game. The Jets are one-point favorites despite Mike White looking terrible last week. The Dolphins haven't won a game since November. Um, 38.5 is the total. So it looks like they're expecting a Mike White, Skyler Thompson or Mike Glennon crap fest in this game. And that obviously, as you saw last week, seriously hurts the prospects of Jalen Waddle, seriously hurts the prospects uh, of, of Tyreek Hill. Maybe the guy it helps the most is Raheem Mostert, who caught eight passes in that game um, last week for Miami. As for the Jets, um, you know, Mike White did look terrible in that game he might not be 100% healthy but we have seen him play better than that and I'm wondering if maybe this is an opportunity to get some Garrett Wilson into your lineup and and maybe get some Bam Knight into your lineup or or Ty Johnson who actually looked better than Bam Knight in that game and just say look that was a bad game the the Jets are eliminated but these are still guys who are playing for you know, jobs, Robert Sala may be playing for his job. Um, you never know. There's always some surprises on Black Monday. Um, so I think the, the the spread here indicates that the Jets are motivated to play spoiler for the Miami Dolphins here, the Jets being one-point favorites. We move on to the Panthers and the Saints. Uh, I think they both want to win that game, Joe. I think they're both going to, like, for a different reason, going to try hard. For sure. And both teams are eliminated from the playoffs, but the Saints don't have their first-round pick. By the way, in a weird twist, despite the Saints beating the Eagles, they uh, remember, the Eagles own the uh, Saints' first-round pick. The pick dropped from 10th if if the Eagles had won that game to 10th. It didn't move. A weird tidbit in a weird season. Uh, so the Saints are currently still giving a top 10 pick to the Eagles. Um, they have motivation to win this game. The Panthers have motivation to win this game. Why? Sam Darnold. Hey, he's playing for his future. Steve Wilkes. I'm the coach here. I know we we blew that game against uh, against the Bucks, but look, our team was competitive. Um, they played hard for me. I'm, I'm coaching for my job. I, both of these teams are motivated to win. Uh, so Chris Olave came back last week um against the uh against the Eagles and while he didn't have a big game I think it's worth pointing out that the Panthers JC Horn the corner um he was out last week with a wrist injury and now there's a guy who even if you're playing to win this game maybe not a guy who you're going to play with a broken wrist because this game is effectively meaningless um 
they really the um the Bucks really picked on CJ Henderson last week. I think this could be a big game for Chris Olave uh, in this matchup with uh, with um, with the Panthers here. So uh, he'd be somebody I'd really be con- uh, considering for DFS. Alvin Kamara, he's been upset about his role on third downs. Maybe he wants to put good tape out there. They're going to trade me this offseason. Um, I, I want to put as much good tape out there as possible. Jawan Johnson, who's been a really big factor for the New Orleans Saints, somebody you can consider for DFS. So I think the Saints are live for DFS in this game. You know, Joe, I got to tell you, I thought Deshaun Watson looked pretty darn good the other day for the Browns in the second half against the Steelers. Kenny Clutch Pickett, Clutch Kenny, came through in the end again for the Steelers as well. That actually might be my favorite 1 o'clock game. That's like a sneaky game. You know the Browns. Stefanski probably still thinks he needs to win for his job. You know they want to win that game and knock the Steelers out. For sure. And and, so, and the Steelers obviously are playing for their playoff lives. So the Steelers are, um, are, are going to go all out in this game. I thought Kenny Pickett played pretty well in that game against Baltimore. Uh, the throw to Najee Harris was an absolute dime uh, for the game-winning touchdown. Um, Deshaun Watson, and, and like you said, oh, he looked pretty good in the second half, but then you look at the numbers, he completed nine passes. So you're like, all right, are they going to try to carry some of that positive momentum into the 2022 off, uh, 2023 offseason and get ready for next year? Um, you've got Amari Cooper who had, who basically, who caught three of those uh, Deshaun Watson passes and scored two of the three touchdowns, who's really the only viable receiver here for me, unless you're playing David Njoku. Nick Chubb had a massive game against the Commanders running for 104 yards. He's obviously uh, uh, on the um, on the radar. But the Steelers, the thing about them, we know the Browns have struggled on run defense all season long, and the Steelers pounded the ball like it was uh, Jerome Bettis and Willie Parker back there last week against the Ravens. Najee Harris and Jalen Warren combining for 187 rushing yards. I mean, that is Steeler football. I had the Yinzers in my mention. Oh, man, Steelers gone to the Super Bowl because they're pounding the pounding the ball. That's how that's how Steeler fans want to want to play football. And I would expect that's going to continue against the Cleveland Browns. And I think Najee, uh, I think Jalen Warren, if you want to save a little money, he's somebody who, who has some value in this game. They figured out how to use both of those backs and use them both effectively. And by the way, Najee Harris, I know we've discussed this since he came back from that injury. He looks like the back they drafted him to be. He was not in the first half of the season, but now he looks like a nasty runner. You and I discussed, was that last week, where we discussed him stiff-arming the guy at the goal line, even though he didn't need to do it. He was just like, get out of my way. Um, that's the kind of stuff I like to see from the type of running back Najee Harris is, and he's doing all those things. Anything else on the Browns, or are you good there? Good with the Browns. There, it's it's Amari Cooper and Joku and and, and Chubb for me. Um, like again, yes, I I think Watson looked way better than he has, but he completed nine passes in that game. So I I, I it's hard for me to know what to do with that. Few more four twenty five p.m. games than usual. We also need to get into the Ravens Bengals game and the Sunday Nighter Lions Packers. All of those will be discussed in part two of the Fantasy Feast podcast that we drop. In your podcast apps shortly after midnight, Thursday morning. You know it's the show that's so nice. We do it twice. I think we're done here. 
Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft, all available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.